Baseball season is right around the corner and Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman will serve as your guides to the good, the bad, and the utterly bizarre corners of the baseball world on Baseball Barbecue. In the run-up to the season, they'll dive into the rabbit hole on some of their favorite fascinations from the home run derby to baseball brawls and more. Once the MLB season returns, they'll break down the latest news and developments with their trademark wit and irreverence. Check out Baseball Barbecue on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in person in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning and inability to smile an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app. One password, Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Kindness, Kevin What's up? Well, we have made it to Friday. In one week's time, we will be doing a show talking about the trade deadline uh, and everything that happened with it. We will talk a little bit about that today, but we're also going to get to all the news and notes that we need to get to. Um, Before we get to anything, I do want to tell you a a funny story. So the other day I was having... um, I just wasn't having a, a, all that great of a day. And I, I went down and I was about to go to the Grizzlies heat game that night, which was a late start because the heat were playing on the second half of a back-to-back. And before I went, I went to the mailbox and I routinely get things in the mail, especially, you know, in this last year, since we've been in quarantine, I've talked about how I'm a, I'm a big collector of things. I'm constantly in eBay auctions, et cetera. I have said in the past that there have been people that, I, I did not know that I was buying from somebody that would know who I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, the the one guy sent me the the Brooke Lopez card in addition to what I had bought because uh, oh, yeah, yeah. because of th- things I had said on the show <laughs> and, and whatever else. So there I am and I and I open up this uh, le- uh this uh, envelope and I had bought in an auction a 1972 Gale Sayers. 
Um, the reason I did it was because I was just, I was on a vintage kick and like cards that I thought looked really cool. I was just <laughs> buying them. If I saw them, what I thought was cheap in an auction. So I grabbed it. I opened it up and there is a, like a, a full, like letter in the package. And I'm like, what in the world? Cause usually it's just like, you know, some, some packaging and then whatever card you got on eBay. Right. So I open it up. It's this guy named Rod, and Rod trains basketball players in Bloomington, Indiana, and works at two different gyms, one of which is an hour away from where he is. He's a huge mismatch fan and says, so I listen to you guys on this (laughs) commute all the time. And he said, and I need to thank you because you guys were talking about Taylor Horton Tucker in the preseason, I went and bought a ton of these for cheap. I flipped them and made a small fortune. Wow. And I was like, wait, what? Like, we're, we're giving financial advice here. So he ends up making it. And so he says, uh, you know, thanks so much for what you guys do, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, you know, because you helped me out so much on the Taylor Horton Tucker thing, he sends me a Zebo rookie and wow. a Brandon and a Brandon Clark wow. rookie in the package wow. with it. So shout out to Rod Amazing. in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, who he, he works with basketball players at gyms. He was he he has this long commute where he where he drives and uh, and listens to us and. It was very, very strange. What a, what a strange circumstance. You never know, right, who you're buying from on eBay. But there, are, And I wasn't even buying a basketball card. Yeah. I bought a 1972 Gale <laughs> Sayers. <laughs> that Brandon Clark, Chris. That's yeah. a good one. That's a good one to have. I love Brandon Clark. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, super cool. And it was nice to, uh, it was certainly that nice to get funny. that. And he, and he made my day. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully uh, you didn't uh, invest too much into Killian Hayes and you're panicking right now. <laughs> no, no. Don't, don't give up on Killian Hayes. There's not, well, there, there wasn't, <laughs> lucky for you, there wasn't enough cards of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you were talking yeah, him up, true. the only thing that was out yeah. there, those like, you know, college cards. Yeah, yeah. and those ones know. don't have as much value, apparently. No, right? as soon as the yeah. ones in the uniforms come out, those ones are yes, dead. Exactly. You know what I mean? You kind of see. By the way, if you've got one of those, if you've got one of those lamellos, move it, move it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if, yeah. No, you know, really, because Chris? now the now the Hornets ones are out. And that's oh, what the, yeah, you mean, yeah, yeah, I'm saying if you've got one of those, NBA, yeah. yeah, where he's wearing like the uniform prior to definitely, um, no, no, yeah. you know, it's kind of funny. Just one quick little thought there. Like there are not many NBA podcasts that focus on like fantasy basketball or NBA right. podcasts focus, focus on top shot. There are a couple now that are you know, coming up, you know, obviously we have sports cards nonsense and our, our, our network here, yep. but it's like, you know, stuff that's discussed on any NBA pod can be used as advice. You know, even oh, if it's not specifically about sure. cards or whatever, like who are the risers? Who are the followers? You know, who's going to be, have a breakout year and all that, all that stuff can be, you know, used to inform decisions Absolutely. between us, you know, and between others. And then we also made a hundred thousand air probably that listens to us. A guy named Darko. Oh yeah. Tweets that was us. Wild. He got involved with top shot because he heard us talking about it long ago. And he got, uh, number the one, number LeBron. one serial number, <laughs> LeBron James, and sent it to us. Yeah, that's crazy. He's got it listed for two hundred grand, oh, no. and yeah. I was like, "You have got to be kidding that's, me!" That's amazing. We're you making even, people money here, you, Kevin. You, you, we you should. Can, you can, wait, <laughs> are, should we change this from like? Uh, should we change the mismatch from the sports column to finance? 
Because I feel like, <laughs> eat your heart out, Jim Cramer. It's so we're, funny. We're, we're making people money over here. It's so here, funny. Right? You, sell, you sell that LeBron, you can uh, pay for your kid's college education, or you can get a Tesla. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable, man. So we've uh, we've had people, you know, make money in the card. Uh, That's you know, funny. It, it, on that side, it also, uh, we had our first huge top shot guy. I mean, yep. the number one LeBron, you got to be kidding me. That's wild. That's yes. wild. I would really wild. if I open up a pack and that happened. <laughs> Holy mackerel. All right, let's get to what happened last night. Um, the two biggest stories of the night, I think, are about teams that made midseason coaching changes and the results have been fantastic. Um, I think that if you were to ask Hawks fans and you were to ask Timberwolves fans, the opinion can never get higher of what Chris Finch has done uh, making Minnesota more competitive and infinitely more watchable and what has happened in Atlanta since they made the move from Lloyd Pierce to Nate McMillan. Atlanta has Flown up the standings to all the way to where they would be in a four-five game as You're of this morning. Yeah, yeah. now crazy. this stuff, this stuff can change as we know within a day's time. But at least for today, as we're doing this, they get another win last night. I know it's against Oklahoma City, but a win's a win. Um, and they're piling up wins recently, especially since that coaching change. And and then on the other side, the the Timberwolves thing, which is highlighted by this major breakout game for Anthony Edwards. He has had big highlights, big dunks. He's had some big games, but nothing like the 42 he dropped on the road against the hottest team in the NBA. And so let's talk first about Edwards, the T-Wolves, and kind of how, you know, we said on Tuesday they could really play spoiler down the stretch for a lot of teams with playoff dreams because they're pretty well out of it. But, I mean, the the product is just, it really is mm-hmm. night and day, Kevin. You know what? I, I think, you know, with Anthony Edwards, this could very well be a midseason breakout that we see from, from, from rookies quite often. Like LaMelo, ever since being named a starter, has been, you know, 27 and 6. Edwards, ever since Finch has been hired, has been much, much better. And I, I think when I watch Minnesota, the main takeaway that I have, Chris, is that it just feels like there's definition with offensive roles. Guys are getting more consistency out of their roles in terms of touches, in terms of usage. And you're seeing Cat and Edwards especially get empowered. Cat getting more and more touches around the elbows, more and more post touches, more and more opportunities to facilitate. And Edwards, man, Chris, what he did last night, if we see that with any more consistency in the future, 40 plus points, hitting threes off the dribble, pull-ups from way deep, getting to the rim with ease, pulling up out of isos. Like it was, it was crazy to see a guy his size with that quickness hit some of the shots that he did. Finch already seems to have this offense ready to go. And just one one last thought. The last play call towards the end of the game, uh, it was f- six seconds left. Wolves have a two-point lead after timeout play. They get Juan, Juancho Hernan Gomez for a layup and one. And he was a decoy in the play, and it worked out. I thought it was a brilliant play call 
to give Minnesota the four-point cushion before the free throws and really just ice the game. Finch seems to have a grapple on this offense and the talents of these players with those ATOs, those play calls, system, you know, regular offense, what you're running up and up and down the court and just empowering and defining what the players are doing and it shows what a difference a good coach can make. It well, really does, uh, what, a, what, a, what a fascinating case study in a player and how much different. We talk so many times about um, opportunity and fit. And also, in some cases, like, how are you used? How like, is, is that coach going to be able to unlock the best of you? Like, there's no question you're, you can't watch, and I was watching the Knicks last night and watch Julius Randle and watch him have 17 freaking assists, 17 assists in the game and not sit there and go, my goodness, Thibodeau mm. has gotten a different player out of this individual. There, It's there. But is it unlocked? And I think we are seeing in mid-flow of this season the Edwards thing, which I I mean, look, I, I am guilty at the very beginning of the season, and I don't I don't I, you know, because I, I did get some of this blowback after Edwards has been good recently. Like, oh, well, do you still think Edward, Anthony Edwards stinks? I said, hold on now. I never <laughs> said this guy stinks. Oh, yeah. What I did say was it would be harder for me to have a worst first impression. And you watch them now and you watch him and you watch that team and there is a structure and there is a purpose and there is a uh, attention to detail and there is also an accountability that was not there. I watched that team earlier this year and it just looked like anybody could do whatever the hell they wanted to do whenever they wanted to do it. It's like, what is happening here? And I've actually seen this before. Um, within a team. I covered a team exactly like this. And no offense to Sidney Lowe, who's a peach of a guy, but Sidney Lowe was the coach and the team stunk and they replaced him with Hubie Brown, who is a clinician by trade. Yeah. You know, like he is, and it was an odd hire out of nowhere. Jerry West brings in Hubie Brown. By the second year, Hubie Brown won coach of the year, but that first year he walked in and he said, this is what I want you to pay attention to. And he was talking in a way that uh, this is way pre-analytics. He was saying, watch the point differential. Watch the point differential every day in that standings. And you will be able to tell if we're getting better because that number is going to go down. And he gave people like everything was so structured and everything was Here's what this means. Here's what this means. Here's what we have to improve. Here's what we're here. here here's what we're good at. Um, and a very matter of fact about everything and with a goal in mind. And that team improved greatly throughout that season. And it still wasn't that good of a team. But then yeah. by the next year, they won 50 games. They created that structure, yes. that system that, that is necessary to thrive. You know, it happened during that losing season. The right? end of the Sydney Lowe thing was, a. I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just a, a very young cub reporter, as they would say, running around with his, uh, with his microphone. And Jason Williams was the point guard on the team. And Jason Williams never came out in the locker room to talk, ever. 
He would stay in the training room for an hour. At like literally. Like, so you just would never get audio ever. And one night when it had gotten really bad, Jason Williams walks out and Stacy Mitch is the girl's name who was the PR director at the time. Stacy's like, Jason's going to talk, guys. And everybody around the locker room was like, what the hell? Yeah. And everybody ran over to him and they put their microphones out, right? And uh, they're like, hey, Jason, you know, whoever asked the first question, whatever. And he leans into the microphones. He goes, we suck. We <laughs> suck. We are the worst team in the league. Print it. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody standing there like, uh, and then he walked off. That was it. That's we wild. suck. We suck. We're the worst team in the league. Print that. It, it, it's <laughs> what, that quote reminds me so much of. I was rereading that at the athletic story on the Hawks. You know, some of the yes. source stuff behind the scenes about how players felt about Lloyd Pierce. And I, I had forgotten about, you know, the athletic does their like player survey. And a couple of years back, a player like asked, which coach would you not want to play for? And a Hawks player anonymous, anonymously answered, can I answer with the coach that I play for right now? Oh my it God. Just, it just, obviously that's not in front of microphones. It's an anonymous thing, but that yeah. whole story, like that source stuff, the, the behind the scenes stuff, it seems like a Hawks players were feeling and saying things like that. Yeah. About peers at the time. And you can see the big difference with McMillan and with, I'm not so sure with Atlanta, it's, it's as much offensive system tweaks or anything like that. It just seems to be more of, from the McMillan coaching standpoint, timing with timeouts, calling timeouts when there's a, a 5-0 run, an 8-0 run, and ending that. And, and and players just seem to like him more and connect with him more. And sometimes that's what it's about. And and also, it can it can, it can be your substitution patterns. I mean, sometimes sub, it yeah, is. Sub-patterns, too. It, that's a, another big one. Yeah, yeah an awareness. Offensive, defensive pattern, you know, yeah. having guys on and off. Yep. And an awareness of who plays well together and how they yes. play well. Now, look, he raised Nathan Gallon. Knight, dude. Like, he, yes. he, Nathan Knight, first week of the season, I wrote a blurb on him like, whoa, like this guy, he looks pretty good. And then he never played until never. McMillan got hired as coach, as interim nope. coach. And now he's had three great games in a row. People were hitting me up last night about him because it was me that first week of the season where I said I had that moment where I'm like, who in the yeah. hell is yeah. Nathan? <laughs> his, his breakout was in Memphis. Yeah. And I said, who yep. the hell is this guy? I Back in December. Is. And he's done yes. zilch since because he hasn't played zilch. And now he is. And he looks good again. <laughs> he was just gone. He he raised Gallinari from the dead. They had paid him a, a fortune in the offseason. Gallo looks like Gallo again. He looks and just like Gallo. last night, he got big Bogdanovich energy. Um, for big the first Bogdanovich time, energy. I, I like mean, he it. was, he, you know, look, he, he was giving him 20-something off the bench last night. Uh, and, and and shooting fireballs. Now, again, you can discount it and say Oklahoma City, but Oklahoma City's been competitive with a lot of teams. And they're tough. Okay, she's tough. Yeah, yeah, they'll defend you. Um, yep. And so the Atlanta thing is is mega fascinating because they have, they have really gotten going. Um, and I also think this impacts next week, Kev. We knew there was a lot of pressure on Travis Schlink. When you spend that kind of money and you do the win-now move, in the offseason, well, then guess what? You need to win now. And you only get to use that one, uh, you know, free pass by getting rid of your coach and blaming him. Now, 
if I'm him, I wake up this morning and I'm like, the birds are chirping. The world is beautiful. <laughs> I've, I've got, you know, he's gone to the owner every day and said, look, 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 look. We do not have a player problem. We have a coaching problem, right? This is the way this stuff works. There's the blame game that goes on when a team is underachieving. And he now, I'm sure, feels intensely validated by that because they have been able to win since making that coaching change in a way that they had not before. But what I said, it impacts next week, Kev. Like, you don't move John Collins now. You know what I mean? Like, that was really on the table and a... Still is on the table. I think you just play it out. I do. I think you play it out and then, yeah, if it gets really expensive in the offseason, now you can make your decision. I know you risk losing him for nothing, but you might be able to pull off a signing trade too. You know? So, I mean, there's something that can be done. It's not if we don't trade it by the deadline, we for sure lose him for nothing. You can resign. You can match. Him. You can match you know, any yeah. offer sheet. That's right. So and, and he's and, and and good players are always movable. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. it always feels like an overpay. But guys, any we we know when John Wall gets traded, it lets us know every contract can get traded. No matter. So like with, with John Collins, Chris. I mean, with Atlanta, that's going to be the question in the next week, as you said. What yeah. moves are available? What should they do? The John Collins stuff has been floating around all season long with what could happen. There are a number of teams. A lot of teams have interest in John Collins. So they have trade interests because they want to get ahead of free agency. But then those same teams could potentially pursue him during the offseason too, either through trade and a sign and trade or just through outright signing him to right. an offer sheet. So for Atlanta... You know, despite the recent run, despite the recent success, you still have to think about the big picture here. And that's a challenge. That's a challenge because John Collins is really freaking good, dude. Yeah. Like, no. He's really good. And I, like, what if you big, sabotage your season by moving? Well, him. yeah. Well, what if you sabotage your future? Uh, part, part of me still thinks John Collins is a guy that you should have as a keeper. It's, it's not often you can have a guy who can shoot threes as well as he does, who can do a little bit off the dribble, who can rim run, set screens, roll to the rim. He's a perfect lob threat for Trey. And defensively, he's not great. He's not a great rebounder. You wish you could get more out of him in those categories, but he's not awful. I think he's, he's a good he's, you know, rebounder. I mean, look, it's hard. I, I think he's a good rebounder because they go small and he grabs rebounds. He plays next to Capella who leads the league. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I yeah. guess I should say statistically like the, the, the role for him, like he's mm-hmm. not just a five for you, right? You know, he's playing a lot of forward, two big lineups. So, you know, with John Collins, he's really good. I mean, he's really good. Like you might want a little bit of a different type of player. If you are playing him next to a Capella as is what I guess I'm trying to say. You might want more versatility on the defensive end of the floor. You might want those types of qualities. So for Atlanta, it's about finding that. But Collins has averaged like 20 points now three seasons in a row now. He's at 18 this year, 22 last year, 19.5 the year before. This is a good player, a really good offensive player who I could get could get better as he enters his prime years defensively. And for Atlanta, I'm not sure like how much would you need to give him up? Probably, a probably lot. a good amount. A, a lot, amount. if yeah. I am, because I am, I am taking a massive risk. I just don't think they will now, given their recent success. I don't think they win now. If they had like kind of been around five hundred since the McMillan change, then yeah, you might sit there and say, "Look, we are not maxing him out when it comes when it comes time." Yeah, so, I mean, you can wait 
and still figure it out, which is why a lot of executives around the league don't think he will get traded. Mm Because for Atlanta, you can still have all these options. Right. In a couple of months from now, during yeah, the offseason, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's not going to go away. No, and the, still wor- have his rights. the worst thing to me, the the big reason I keep him anyway is I don't think I'm going to get the requisite value given his situation because somebody else is going to have to yes. max him yep. this offseason. Mm-hmm. And I hold my nose, I max him, and then I've got the asset, right? Like. I've got the asset. And like also in the short term, to your point, Chris, you're building chemistry right now. You're building something. You're building a system and and you're building something that a foundation that can be built upon over the coming years Mm -hmm. and having John Collins and your team with McMillan as the new coach right now and all these guys figuring out how to play with each other and, you know, maximize what they can be collectively chemistry and continuity does matter well, some. Well, and 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 you never know. Like if people talked about the Collins Trey relationship, whatever. Look, it, it is um, since the beginning of time, it has remained true. Winning cures everything. It just does. It just does. And so, look. Guess what? Everybody starts getting along and high fiving and becoming friends when you're winning. The hardest thing to do is be losing every day. Everybody pointing fingers yeah. and this isn't going my way. You got one guy who's freaked out because he's like, "Dude, I'm playing for a contract here, and this guy, you know, won't pass me." But and but once you once everybody gets on the same page and you start winning, it's kumbaya. You know what I mean? Everybody walks in with a pep in their step, and they, you know. Like again, it cures everything, and they're winning. Sure. They're winning, and, and and also a little friction isn't always a bad thing. Friction no. can help with improvements and offering suggestions. Sometimes you need to hear, you know, that you're wrong about something, in order to improve, you know, and think about it, and you know, be introspective with yourself, right? So for John Collins and Trey, the report you're referring to was, I think, the Sam Amick one about how Collins in a film session wanted, you know, more touches, wasn't totally happy with Trey's usage as point guard. But, you know, those types of confrontations can lead to growth. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning, an inability to smile, an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. All right, another thing that took place last night it was the overachievement versus underachievement bowl, which was Portland versus <laughs> New Orleans. I mean, I think yeah. Portland, behind the incredible heroics all year long of Damian Lillard, oh, man. Uh, have really outperformed what we would have thought they were going to be able to do when losing CJ McCollum for as long as they did, when l- losing. Yusef Nurkic for as long as they did. And he has willed them and his crunch time numbers. And, you know, there's so many close games that are played in the NBA and they've got him and he gets them home. Uh, You know, feels like every damn time he gets them home on the other side. Like 
I don't know how deep we can go into this season before we we start to wonder, are the Pelicans going to snap out of this? Is yeah. it a snap out of thing? I mean, at what point does the sample size get big enough where we go, this is who they are? You know what I mean? Because we we look at their roster, we look at their talent, we look at what Zion has become, and we go, they should be better than what they are. It's maddening to watch them and them be, you know, on the outside looking in from, uh, you know, the top 10 spots in the Western Conference. And there they go again. They played this team in Portland last night and they lose. And I mean, again, we're halfway through the season. Is this just who they are? Like, they're just destined to be this team that you cannot gauge. I'm puzzled with the amount of drop pick and roll coverage they use against Damian Lillard, who just shreds defenses when they do that. And I, I look at Stan Van Gundy and I look at the personnel on the team and I'm like, oh, what choice do they have? You know, when you have playing Steven Adams, 30 plus minutes, you can't play a switching scheme. You can't play an aggressive scheme. And I, I look at this Pelicans roster and just look at beyond Zion Williamson, beyond Brandon Ingram and Lonzo ball, you know, you have some young guys that have talent, Kira Lewis, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Jackson Hayes has shown flashes, but a lot of this team just feels incomplete. A lot of the team feels incomplete to maximize what Ingram and, and Zion can be. We've talked a bunch about defensive effort, intensity, focus over the course of the season. That still needs to get better. But I still look at the personnel with this roster. And this isn't perfect. Steven Adams, like the David Griffin trade to get him and, you know, the idea of bringing in a veteran, a tough, you know, you know, a, a gritty guy, you know, help set the tone for his team. Well, Steven Adams isn't as good anymore. He's just not. He's just not the same player anymore. And in a league where you have players like Damian Lillard, you cannot play the drop pick and roll he is scheme. A, he is a player, uh, uh, certainly much more useful in a, a, a basketball that does not exist. Anymore, yeah. a, basketball, a basketball game that does. I mean, think around. Think about this, Kev. How many guys around the league remind you of Stephen Adams? None. Not many. No. Like they don't catch. They don't catch lobs. Mm-hmm. They don't really like block a million shots. Maybe the guy you know he mean? went against last night, Ennis Canner, like that that mold. You know, but of, he of scores. A I know, I know. Like, <laughs> it's it's not great, but I mean, like a screening, yeah. rolling guy who isn't a great defender. I mean, it's a very it's a very vague, you know. Comparison, I, I think but. that tells you about like where he kind of stands. You know what I mean? Like, and I watched wars where Stephen Adams is going up against Zach Randolph and Mark Gasol, and you know, it's you know, it's warfare down in the paint and whatever. And like it, when he was on those Durant Westbrook teams, and I mean mega useful. There were still a lot of guys that, you know, made their hay down there. Nowadays, like, I mean, look, you find there's nobody that doesn't face up to the basket. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I mean, it's Adam, like, Adams isn't a face-up guy necessarily, but Adams, I still think, could have value in, a, in an offense that had a downhill pick-and-roll guard. Like, if you put Adams on Portland, just flip flip him onto that team. He could be effective screening for Damian Lillard, rolling down the lane, finishing in the paint, or occasionally like throwing up, you know, a little floater Adams has. He just doesn't you know? finish though. He's not a finisher. Yeah, yeah, but like, I know, but that's what I mean. I like he doesn't fit 
with the Pelicans. Eric Bledsoe doesn't fit with the Pelicans and probably not anywhere. So with this team, damn. Uh, <laughs> not well, I mean, you want to find a team, what team wants Eric Bledsoe? I, I mean, look, it, I think Eric Bledsoe would be a dynamite backup. Okay. That's fair. Overpaid okay. nonetheless, but yeah, yeah. You know, but a solid bringing backup him off, who, who yeah. brings defensive energy off the bench on a yes. contending team. And, and you know, as worried about a yeah. shot and he might yeah. close games for me. Oh, you I know mean, mean, I hope not. No, no, but I'm saying on defense. I don't need him running my team. I, I hope not. Huh? <laughs> I hope not. You're in trouble then. Pelicans fans will agree with me. <laughs> they will agree. Pelicans fans seem so sick of Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. It's kind of crazy. But that's what I mean. Like the veterans that they got, Bledsoe and Adams, for the purpose that they got them to bring defensive energy, effort, setting a tone. Bledsoe's defense has fallen off a cliff since last season in Milwaukee. Like he's just not putting in the same level of effort or setting that example. Adams just doesn't move as well as he did before. So this Pelicans team, I look at them, I look at the personnel, David Griffin's going to make some changes, but the young guys, Chris, like I, I still have a hard time thinking that they should move Lonzo BI Brandon Ingram and Zion. Those two guys are keepers are no kidding. Obviously Kira Lewis. There's a lot of talent there in him. There really is. Kira Lewis could be a player for them over the coming years. So their, their youth is still, you know, good. It's just and they got the, draft the, picks. And they got a lot of picks. So it's about the pieces around those guys that they need to find. So I, I, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Lonzo. There was a report this morning from Mark Stein that the Clippers have interest in Lonzo. Um, I haven't heard anything about that for what it's worth with the Clippers having interest. I'm not quite sure how they could actually get a deal to work. They don't have the draft picks. They have Luke Kennard of like a, as like a young player that might have some trade value. I don't see a deal there. We'll see. Um, but there are a lot of teams that have interest in Lonzo, but I'm not so sure that we'll see the Pelicans move him. Lonzo looks great. He's the one guy on that team that I watch him on the defensive end of the floor and have a lot of respect for the effort he's putting in. Well, and, he had really turned know, up at the second half of last year and then was just God awful. Yeah, the, in the he bubble. fell apart in the bubble. Yeah. And fell apart yeah. at the beginning of the season, but then he got it back. Yeah. Got it back. He has gotten it back. I think, uh, you know, uh, there's only so many times you can hear Kevin O'Connor, uh, you know, talk on pods and do videos about LaMelo before you start to want to remind, you know, everybody that you're the older brother. And mm. I am tired of Kevin talking about my younger brother <laughs> all the time. What about me? What yeah. about me? I love Remember Lonzo. me? Yeah, I'm the older Lonzo. brother. I beat this guy's ass in my backyard every day for 15 years. <laughs> And all he and he he gets talked about every day. Nobody's talking about me. I'm playing with Eric Bledsoe. He's playing with Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. <laughs> I, I, look, I still got Lonzo stock. Mm, I like I Lonzo. Got, Lonzo. I do too. Lo, love him. He's a great, really, really nice role player. But I wonder, man. You know, he's he's with Clutch now. You still got that old David Griffin thing hanging out there. I know everybody can say Kumbaya, but. You know, that pissed them off when he did, you know, and he corrected himself, corrected the record, talking about it being miserable, you know, in Cleveland and, you know, how hard it was with LeBron and all that stuff. Like, I mean, Clutch is like, all right, bro, well, you're about to pay $500 million to Lonzo now. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe they can work that out uh, with uh, with Clutch. Um, so anyways, and then on the Portland front, look, Portland, now they got McCollum back. I mean, they are. They're in the mix, and you know you're not going to want to be in a close playoff game with two minutes left to go 
against them when they've got that dude. And if they keep on rocking, he's going to get himself into that MVP. The, the MVP race is completely open now. The, just the, M- the MVP race is the weirdest I can ever remember. Yes. Like, like, like this week, Tom Haverstrow's out there being like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler yep. is MVP, and it's not unreasonable. I don't, I don't agree with it. Like as we talked about on Tuesday, but like there's a lot of names that yes. at least deserve to be in the top five discussion. Like so, Butler can be in the top five discussion, but like. I, I, how many are there that like you could argue could be fifth, 10, look, 12? Look, There's man, a lot of guys, Chris. He, here's what I'd say. I would say um, that right now, hold on. I bet I could give you 10 that are reasonable. Let me try to do this. All right. Um, Joel Embiid, and I know he's going to miss a lot of games, but you still know, in it, there, still in okay. it. It's still in yeah. the mix. Okay. hundred percent. Right. I'm with you. Joel Embiid, James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jimmy Butler. Uh, let's see here. Uh, if I want to try to catch one more, Julius Randle. You want to throw him in? There? No. Um, uh, all right. Uh, no. In fairness, LeBron James, Donovan Mitchell, or Rudy Gobert. So I'll let you pick whichever one. Right. Chris Paul or Devin Booker. I'll let you pick. Okay. So there's uh, that. Now I'm up to seven. Um, Let's say Kawhi. Jokic, Jokic. Kawhi. Kawhi Lillard. That would be 10. And I didn't even mention, you know, if you want to throw Luca's name in there for having a crazy statistical year and if they keep a run going. That's a lot of names. It's a lot that, of names. That, that, that's a lot of it's names. It's a lot of there. names. That, and, did and, and I, we, I said Harden, right? Have, I think you did I said say Harden. Harden. You said Giannis okay. too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of names. There's a so, lot, man. It's yeah, wide yeah. open. I, like I, I just pulled up the NBA.com MVP ladder. Their top five right now is Jokic, Damian Lillard, Giannis, LeBron, Embiid at fifth. And then the next five in, uh, this is for it's worth Michael C. Wright's article on NBA.com. Then six through ten, Harden, Luca, Kawhi, Steph, Jimmy Butler. So Steph is the one name you didn't mention. Mm. Uh, but so Steph in there as well on his list. That's a lot of names, Chris. And for any of them, I think you can make the argument they could at least be like fifth. At least, like, you know, like, at least that last guy on on, on the ballot. Hey, 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 look, the fact that we are, you know, at March 19th or whatever it is, and you could come up with five guys, you could come up with your list of five right now. And honestly, no matter who it was of that group, I wouldn't be able to say that is insane. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 the thing is wide open. Once Embiid, Embiid was going to run away with it if they kept on trucking. But once his injury came about and frankly, the AD injury came about with LeBron, um, you know, cause LeBron, you know, it's, it's tamed down, but if they, if they get, if they get moving and they, and they start winning a bunch of games, they'll throw his name right back in there. Cause he's done it without it, AD. It, it's not even throwing you know? it back in there. It's still in there. Like the no, name but I mean, is it's, in there. It was the talk. And then it was, and you know, we, we change weekly. Everybody does in the NBA depending on what the narrative is for that given week. Um, and, and you mentioned Curry was in that list. Uh, so bummed because golden state is going to be in Memphis the ne- tonight and tomorrow night. They are without Curry. Curry's like again. They they were kind of unclear about. Like Curry said probably a week, but who knows? He can come back at any time. Like falling into metal stairs, which is what happened to him at Houston, which has not been a good arena for him. 
for many years now. There's a history there. But God, man, you want to talk about scary. I mean, let's just hope it's a bad bruise and he is able to come back. But I mean, they're without Curry. They're without Oubre. Eric Paschal and James Wiseman both, you know, under protocol. So they're going to be missing a bunch of games here down this stretch. Like, I don't even know who I'm going to be watching. Mike Mulder, I guess. And who? Like, I seriously, <laughs> can you name who I'm going to be? I don't I, uh, Kevon Looney. Am I going to watch a little Looney act? I guess it's Andrew you, Wiggins' team. You you, uh, you got Looney top shots, Chris? Huh? I do you not. Lo- you don't have any Looney top shots? No, no I'm, I, I bet he doesn't. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he probably bought the James Wiseman ones, too. <laughs> Looney's a good player, man. He's a good, good player. He can set screens. Huh? Roll he can set. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a first, when that's the first thing you say after he's a good player. He can set I mean, screens. Top, I'm saying his contributions aren't top shot material. Oh, oh okay. Oh, the <laughs> Kevon, I can't wait till the Kevon Looney screen one drops. You going to say hi to Andrew Wiggins for me? Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm going to do. Are you going to pay me my $100? I will. Look, <laughs> After the deadline? I, I told deadline. you. <laughs> I told you we get to the deadline and then we'll take a vote. If he gets moved to the deadline, I do believe there needs to be a vote is if okay. the date should have been able to change because I, it was. You know, let's just determine that now. I think it's fair. I think, think it's, it's fair, fair to move the date to the deadline. Yeah, because yeah. the deadline's it's a very different fair. date now. Exactly. I got screwed on that. I really mm-hmm. got screwed when Clay got his Achilles busted. Well, That's when I got screwed. I don't think um, it's going to stop the Warriors from trading Wiggins. It doesn't? You don't? No, no I don't think so. They're not worried about that. I mean, oh, okay. they'll, they'll, they'll do what's best for when Clay's there and when he's back. Mm, that might be so. Um, we'll see. All right. I look, I look forward to getting that 100 bucks, Chris. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they, they were in they're really bad shape, though. And, you know, they're in a mix trying to get, you know, one of the top, you know, hopefully, you know, six to eight, uh, but, you know, at worst, nine and ten spots. And they're in danger of falling out of that mix. And hopefully they're able to get Curry back. But even so, I mean, Wiseman and Pascal are two big guys for them. Uh, this year. And so they're in rough shape. We are going to find out about Dallas. There has been a little bit of a groundswell of, Hey, look, Dallas has gotten going now. Um, Now they haven't played the best of the best competition wise. They did have that good win against Denver, but you know, I think we're going to find out. I think this is actually a great weekend series Friday night, Saturday night, Dallas is in Portland, and I kind of feel like we're going to find out if this improvement is real. You agree? Yeah, I think it's a good test. Yeah. It's a good test to face Portland. That, that's a team you could potentially see, you know, uh, in a postseason. Like, I, I don't think so, though, with the way the standings will shake out. But, you know, Portland's really good, man. They we certainly viewed them as back. peers. Yeah. We viewed those teams as peers. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Different styles, but... And now we've got this whole Dallas has started to get going, and and that can either really gain steam or it can collapse, yeah. depending on what happens when they're playing against Portland this weekend. Because if they drop those or they look like crap, then it's like, ah, that was kind of a facade. They didn't really get it going. Um, but you go and win at Portland, that's now a great win because this guy has been just extinguishing people. Damian Lillard, they come to they come to Portland and he rips hearts out. Like it feels like once a week, doesn't it? I feel yeah. like every week, every week we yeah. are seeing some kind of Damian Lillard, Dame Time, you know, highlight package that's up. 
Uh, did, you see, did you see yeah. Damian Lillard post game after the the other day? I did. Did, did, did your son watch that? that that's I don't inspiring know. stuff. We, d- we yeah. didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We didn't talk. We didn't talk about it. Because um, that's like the type of clip I'd I want c- kids to watch. Like that's yeah. inspirational stuff. That that's being a leader and a role model. Yes. What Damian Lillard said after that game and. I mean, it, it resonated with me. <laughs> it fired me up. I, I'd, I'd imagine if you're a young kid who loves the NBA, go check out the Damian Lillard post game talk about uh, you know, his work ethic. It's awesome. That's it's so good. Good advice. Today's episode of the Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at Ugg.com. You know, we've talked throughout this year. It's been an ongoing conversation that we've had, Kev, about the insanity of the Eastern Conference. Oh, boy. (laughs) I mean, never more so than today. As we talked about Atlanta surging earlier, Miami has been a a, a surging team as of late, too. those teams are respect uh, four and five. Charlotte is six. New York is seven, and Boston is eight. I, I got I got New York at six on ESPN standings. What? what oh well, I guess uh, maybe they have the tiebreaker over Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I, so. I mean, they have the same record. Or yeah, they, uh, you know, twenty-one to twenty-one to Charlotte's twenty and twenty. So they're both seven and a half back yep. out of first. I mean, but it, I mean, we got a half a game that is separating five through eight. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a couple games separating them from nine yeah. and 10, right? Only three games separating five and 10, which is <laughs> wild. You are it's one wild. week away in the Eastern Conference. Truly one week away with, especially with as many games as, as Atlanta playing. has shown. Yes. <laughs> There's one, one seven on a row. And now they're, really pushing for the fourth seed. It's kind of wild. And same with Miami. <laughs> Miami was yeah. a disappointment yeah. who now has got home court advantage and their within defense, two weeks. Miami's defense just suffocating. Like they're still oh not scoring points. They have yet to still figure out their offense, but Look, the defense, oh my goodness, what they're doing right now is pretty crazy. And let me tell you something, Kev. I saw them uh, whatever it was, two nights ago. And that was the lowest scoring game you could ever imagine. Uh, the Grizzlies had not scored uh, less than 100 anytime they've won a game. And they had never scored 89 points this season. They were able to get a win on the John Morant game winner, but that was their lowest point total of the entire season was 89. And to your point on the defense thing, and that was Miami's fifth game. In seven days, 
I mean, that, that's where we're at, like with this that's, COVID that's season. Toughness. Yeah. Five and seven. I mean, like you know, you see these teams and they're playing their third game, three and four, uh, three and four nights, and they're like they're dead. You're like throwing them to the wolves. And this team was playing its fifth game in seven nights, and still is like you got to beat them, you know, because they are uh, they they'll hold you to whatever point total they want to. Um, boy, they're tough. They are tough. Um, just to, and and when when Butler's engaged like he has been, and Adebayo, you know that that front and back of your defense, they can really swallow you up. I mean, I was I was I was so impressed to see that kind of because teams that are playing their fifth game in seven nights just get absolutely run out, and that speaks to that. You know, they promote this whole heat culture stuff all the time, but it really does speak to that when you could come out and give a performance. Under those circumstances, uh, 99% of those games, teams just get run out and punt the game, and they just chalk it up to, bro, we're dead. Our legs are trashed. <laughs> you know? They fight through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really do. Yep. There's ever since February 18th, uh, which is really when their run started, they're number two in the NBA in defensive rating, a couple decimal points behind Philadelphia. Their offensive rating, though, you know, is still only 18th over that time span. So their offense still has a lot of room for growth. It, it really does. Like that can be much better. So Miami, as good as they've been the last month or so, can still be even better than they have been. So I, I think that speaks to their ability to make further strides ahead of the postseason if they can either make one tweak, you know, through trade yep. for the off, to improve the offense or they just improve from within. Um, so this, this team can't be ruled out, Chris. They cannot be. Two other things as uh, we head towards this trade deadline that is coming up a week from now. As I said, uh, next Friday's mismatch, we'll be talking about anything that happened at the trade deadline. We had the P.J. Tucker thing happen um, where he ends up with Milwaukee. They did not have to give up DiVincenzo in order to get him. So, I mean, I think they a win. They give up the first instead. Which, yeah, yeah, but it's a win. I mean, that, that should be a low first when you got Giannis on your team, right? Um and certainly it's a win now move, uh, but I like that for Milwaukee. I like them attaining PJ Tucker. And it's now huge. as we head forward, um, I mean, you figure Oladipo, obviously Houston got screwed on the Gordon thing. He would have been at a new team, I'm sure, but with him getting injured, now they can't really move him. Uh, so is it fair to say, I mean, if we're guessing right now, Oladipo, the biggest name, or do you think we get like a DeRozan maybe? I mean, he's probably a bigger name than Oladipo. I'll I'll be honest, Chris. I don't know because this, this year is so weird. It's such a weird year with the play in tournament. And that's something executives are trying to, you know, grapple with. There's so many more teams that are still in it in a, in a normal year. Maybe you'd see the Sacramento Kings more willing to move Harrison Barnes, but they're still in it because of the play-in tournament. And that gives them an opportunity to get in and get an opportunity to sneak into the playoffs as a seven or an eight seed. So that's where like over this next week or so uh, before the deadline next Thursday, right? This stuff is going to, you know, fall into place. The teams that are buyers and the teams that are sellers, or maybe it won't. There might just be a lot of teams that sit on the fence and don't do anything. You know, I love 
more teams competing all the way to the end. But I also do think that this now creates a different NBA. I'm glad you brought this up. This creates a much different NBA with the 10-team thing, Kevin, because yeah, how many of these teams are have false hope? And think we are like, we are going to try to maybe even they become buyers because they want to get there. They want to be in that mix. They want to be one of those top 10 teams. Whereas if it's eight, there's a bigger group of teams that says, you know what? This ain't happening for us. So we might as well start looking towards being really good next year. Yeah. And so our vision becomes in next year. I think there's a lot more teams that will not have a chance to even get past the first round, even if they make it to the first round, that are going to decide like, hey, we, uh, we're we going to start making moves for now rather than making moves for the future. And I do think that there will be the teams that do practice patience will probably be the ones rewarded, certainly I in the agree. long run. Because you wonder, like, say, I don't know, um, say you're Chicago, right? I mean, you're right the there. Nine, the nine spot right now. You're right <laughs> there, right? You're right there. Like, you're, you're really close to being a playoff team. Hell, you could be like Atlanta and have one good week, and you look up and you're a friggin' home court advantage team. Right. Well, maybe in a maybe in a different year, you sit there and, 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 and say, then Zach Levine is in the MVP race all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if, if they're Chicago's the four seed, but you would sit there and you would say, like, maybe in a different year, you go, you know what? I mean, what's the apex for this team anyway? Like, what's the what, what's the best thing we can envision? Winning a series in the first round? I mean, are we really beating any of those top four teams? You're no. not. You're no. not. You're not. You sound you're not like beating. me, Chris. You sound yeah. like me. Just tank out of the playoffs. Is that no, what you're saying? But well, no, 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 no. I'm I'm not talking about tanking. <laughs> I'm talking about the Trading. way you maneuver your yeah, yeah, roster yeah. at the deadline, <laughs> which is different. Yeah. There's a difference between trying to remain competitive and playing it out versus I'm attaining assets to win now and in a normal year i might absolutely not, right I mean, we're, we're on the same page for sure yeah. it's like sacramento they should trade harrison barnes if there's a good offer out there right i mean like but like because of the situation they're in the 13th spot right now they're three and a half back from the 10 in a normal year they'd be five and a half back from the eight with you know such slim possibilities of ever catching that, right. but the 10, yeah, I mean, OKC could slide. That's always right. possible. New Orleans. I don't know what's going on with them. Like they could very well slide too. It's not out of the question for them to catch up with Memphis. Like, you don't know what could happen. Right. Well, if John misses another week or two, like sure. it could happen. It could happen. Anything can happen. So Sacramento can still say to themselves, we got a chance. Yep. Again, to the eight seed, there you know, like it's so slim, it's just not a possibility. But with them, we'll see what happens, man. Like my understanding is that they are holding on tightly to Harrison Barnes for now. Mm-hmm. Will that change over the next handful of days before the deadline? We'll see what happens. Stuff always changes in the days before the deadline, which is why it makes like reporting stuff now, you know, iffy sometimes mm-hmm. with what teams are going to do or won't do. So we're going to find out over the coming days, who are the buyers and who are the sellers? I hope teams do the right thing and look towards the future instead of trying to sneak in and get the 10 spot 
and just to have for some disappointment to say they made the plan. Last thing before we get out of here today, the ringers draft guide dropped since we last spoke. Uh, The NCAA tournament got underway yesterday. Isn't it beautiful, Chris? Isn't the draft guide stunning? The draft guide is, it is uh, my favorite. Thing, Thank you. You know, that, that is put together. I mean, I love the way it's put together. I love the graphics, the pictures and everything. It, just the whole way it's set up. That's, and that's all Mike Marisco and Lindsay Fields, their developer and designer of the draft guide, all, all the guides, NFL draft guide that we do with the ringer and all that Mike and Lake and Lindsay, they're magicians. Interface works it. great. Yes. Like it does. That's, that's all Mike. the big Mike's thing, awesome. right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the draft guide is fantastic. Honestly, I settled in yesterday at whatever it was, four o'clock for whatever that first game was, the Texas Southern game. All four games that they had for the tournament yesterday were riveting. Like, I couldn't believe it. How good (laughs) the freaking games were coming down to the last shot. And I mean, I may never forgive Michigan State. I had them uh, last night, and I don't know if you saw this, three seconds left to go. They they're up three. They give up a friggin' and one. Mm. Impossible. Like the you can just let the guy score. Like it's, a, it's the only way is if you give up this and one. And they hack the guy. He makes it. UCLA takes it to overtime. And next thing you know, they win. And it kept me up really late. But the games yesterday were unbelievable. They did not feature a ton of these pro prospects to keep an eye out yesterday. No. But that starts today and there yes, are sir. going to be. And so we do have guys that are in this NCAA tournament. Um, it is going to be very, very difficult for some of your guys to improve their draft stock. Um, Kate Cunningham's one. Evan Mobley is two. Uh, Jalen green from McKnight is three. Jalen Suggs is four. So, I mean, three college guys right there in the top four. And even, uh, and then you got uh Kaminga, uh, the kid, the other kid that played for the Ignite at five. So three of those college guys, I, I'm I'm not so sure that any of them are improving their stock. Yeah. Um, but could you do you view right now Cunningham as a? Do you think there is grand separation? Between him, that's the big question, uh, and Mobley and him and Suggs. Or do you think that maybe if we look up and Mobley's in the final four or Suggs is in the championship game and is most outstanding, that, that, that there can be a debate about one? I think with Mobley, there can be a debate. Mm. With Suggs, I, I don't think so. Okay. Mobley, yes. Suggs, no. Mobley's just got that two-way ability the go-to creation ability is a big. He's flashed that. The versatility on defense that is so valuable. The ability to have a guy who can switch screens, who can drop pick and rolls, who can you know blitz and hedge and play aggressively. Mobley checks all those boxes with what you want out of a big man. And he has the offensive talent to grow into a guy who can get you a shot. So he could push Cunningham for number one, but I don't see any others doing it. Okay. Uh, so Mobley is there. Uh, who do you think you are higher on than consensus? Um, is there anybody that you think you are particularly higher on? So, so the draft guy just right now is the top 15. 
Kai Jones, I have him number eight, Texas big man. Yep. I know Charks, um, who, you know, I do Ringer NBA University with every other Wednesdays. Our next show will be next week on Wednesday. Charks. Charks said he has Kai Jones, I think, in his top five or six. So I don't have Kai Jones quite as high as he does, but I don't believe many people have him in the top ten. But I haven't really looked around too much, but I like Kai Jones a lot. Super raw big man, but a lot, a lot of talent. And he's somebody who I could see completely exceeding expectations in the NBA. If he's able to grow into his raw skills, he didn't play basketball until late. That is so late bloomer. That is so unlike uh, Texas big men being, you know, raw and Hey, they've got a lot of potential. I mean, with Mo Bamba and Jackson Hayes and we're continuing the line of underdeveloped, even miles Turner, like he underachieved at Texas and fell out of the top 10, despite being like an elite high school recruit. So they've had a lot of good bigs, good big prospects. Well, one of the things that I thought, uh, as I was reading this one, you know, one of the major things that stood out and of course I'm in the state, but on your draft guide, there's, there's, Two Tennessee lottery picks. Yeah. <laughs> Two. Now that Keon Johnson, anybody can go look this up. He had what I thought was the dunk of the year this oh, year. That's crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, like a out of nowhere, Tomahawk. Unbelievable. And he is a crazy, crazy athlete. Um, it's guys like that, though, and like those Tennessee guys, Rick Barnes's tournament record sucks. And so if you, they're the kind that I do look at your draft guide and I go, if they get bounced early, people are going to, people are going to, you know, start to blame them. Right. And mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to drop them maybe and not be right for dropping them, but they get dropped because their team gets ousted early. The same would be true of any of these guys, right? Usually if you get, if you get bounced early, you've got to be a really special talent to be able to maintain your spot like Aiton was right. Aiton's team got destroyed by yeah, Buffalo. I don't know. Sometimes Chris, like oh, Jabari no. Parker got bounced like in the first round, second round. It I'm saying he's an exceptional talent. I'm sure, saying any yeah. of these other guys, I, I don't think it impacts it that much. Honestly, Chris, I don't like if Tennessee lost early, it's not going to kill Keon Johnson's draft stock. It's not going to kill his stock. No, it's not, like, not going to kill his stock, but I'm saying the more successful your team is and the more you're on it can a help. big stage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, uh, guys move ahead of you. It, maybe that's a better way to say it. Right. And, and that's why I take issue with the fact that sometimes people say like, oh, March Madness doesn't matter. It doesn't impact your draft stock. Yes, it does. Because NBA teams like to see players perform and excel on that biggest stage. That matters. Excelling and performing at, at your best when the games are the toughest, that matters to teams a lot. And I think it should personally. So these games do matter. The more, more opportunities you get to see those guys and see them succeed in those moments or fail in those moments, the better of a, of a, of a, a, a grip you can have on what these guys will be in the NBA when they will have to deal with that pressure. I'll, I'll give you, I'm just going to give you one example, which is actually very relevant for this season. One example on this. Many, many years ago, do you, anybody could go look this up or maybe you remember it. Ron Lewis was a shooting guard for Ohio State. And Ron Lewis, Xavier, is playing, I believe, in the second round of the tournament. Crazy ending to a game. Xavier ends up uh, giving up a shot. Ron Lewis hits a three. They move on, right? Mike Conley has told me if Ron Lewis doesn't make that shot, I'm back at Ohio State. Hmm. There's no way around it. Instead, they wow. played in the title game 
against Florida, and he got drafted fourth overall. It's wild. I mean, it's crazy, but that's how, that's how the tournament can impact these guys. It could change their lives, truly, forever, based on one shot going mm-hmm. in or not. Um, that is going to do it for today's show. Thanks to producer Sasha, as always, and we will catch up with you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.